everybody. Bang, 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 bang. Welcome back. Hold my bread. Once again, I'm here with Joel Borkowski. Joel, what's up? Well, hello, all you carbohydrate-deprived listeners. Welcome to Hold My Bread. Gather round. Let's join the gluten gang. It is time to carbo-load. Welcome to Hold My Bread. The, don't get too excited, Matt, $2,319.19 podcast. 2000 that sounds pretty good. Well, I like the way that sounds. Well, I don't think uh, you might be the beneficiary of that because anyone who's listened to the show, anyone who's talked to me in the past month knows that I have an affinity for DraftKings as a company and as an entity. So um, yesterday, I got a message from friend of the show, Moneybags Riley, and... I think about six weeks back, we had her on and we talked about what a good price target for DraftKings would be. And she explained to me, this company's in a little debt. They're going to need to solve that. Their price will go down a little bit. So I, I believe they resolved those issues. So the price hit, I got it at like $42 a share. So it hit $37 a share. So I got a message from Moneybags Riley saying, now's the time to buy DraftKings. So I just, I bought 15 shares without thinking. And then today, they were down $3 a share. Love to see it. Oh, no. Well, you know, at least it, you got it from, that was Moneybags Riley. You know, Moneybags Riley is normally right. I trust them. So I can see why you went and through I it. And I think she will be. I think DraftKings is ultimately a long-term play. Because, Matt, we see the way this country is going. Like, betting will be legalized in all 50 states at some point. And I think DraftKings is, Draft is going to win that uh, race to the marketplace. I could not agree with you more. Uh, being here in Indiana for so long, seeing how, you know, there's – it's just seeing it around and being able to do it regularly, it's it's definitely going to catch on. I mean, uh, and I think DraftKings and FanDuel are the only two companies I know of. And I don't actually know if FanDuel is publicly traded, but I've been using DraftKings, and it's been great. I think you're absolutely right. I think it's going to be worth the uh, investment. I think it's got so much potential. And uh, even though I lost my ass this weekend uh, in UFC, I love it. Yeah, that little bald guy screwed us, huh? Yeah, buddy. Got I got on <laughs> All tough looking dude from New York. And then uh, a little five foot seven bald Irishman took all our money away. Yeah, dude. Camacho, right? That's who you're talking about. No, no. There was um, Burns. Oh, okay. I, I got double fucked, dude. You have no idea what happened to me. I lost... So there was one fight that was like, I don't know who it was, but it was this guy Camacho versus some guy. It's his first fight. Camacho is like negative 340. I'm like, oh, this is great. So I bet a ton of money on him to win. He got knocked out in the first 40 seconds. <laughs> it killed my it killed my bankroll for the night. I was done. I made a little bit of money off the Blades fight, but god damn that I take a I just got my shit kicked in um over the weekend. So uh, I'm happy to talk to you and be talking about, you know, DraftKings and making a positive play because I lost see, a lot of money. Let me stop you right here. This is why DraftKings is a viable company moving forward. I bring up this brand 
and you have credible anecdotes related to the brand. And like, they were kind of able to enter the public psyche very sneakily by making like daily fantasy sports a thing. And now rather than seeming kind of seedy, like a sports book or a casino, it seems like this sort of like family friendly fantasy football experiment. When in reality, they're the same hard-boiled sports book as anyone else. Abs- that's exactly, Joel, that is such a smart way to look at it, because that's exactly what happened. R- they rode the wave of fantasy football becoming normalized. Then you, you know, make gambling uh, normalized in these states, and then eventually it's normalized everywhere. That's actually really smart. I didn't think about that, but you're absolutely right. That's all fantasy football is. Yeah, and there, there are reasons. Like, the stock may take a hit, because who knows? You're really betting on when sports will come back. But you know what? They're going to exist at some point in time. And I think DraftKings is going to be there for it. I think you're, that's great. Absolutely. Um, I am going to go back. I can't wait to, to do some more. I mean, it's uh, it was, it's a lot of fun. They have like stuff you can bet on, um, you know, like Belarusian football and uh, Korean baseball and all this stuff. So uh, the fact that people are that into it with these sports, they can't even really pay attention to necessarily when, when basketball and when football and when all that stuff comes back, I think it's going to, it's going to be huge. Yeah. And I, you know, you, you learn a lot when you lose money, you learn more when you lose than when you win. And I was kind of looking at, at a DraftKings option yesterday. I'm glad I didn't do it. But when the price went down today, I started digging around to find out what did it. And like DraftKings has a pretty crazy price chart over the past few days during business hours, they lose 3%, but outside of business hours, they gain 2%. So it's been a very volatile stock. Wow. See, I hadn't looked that deep into it yet. I've, I've not bought any yet. So maybe, maybe these next coming days, I'll have to pay closer attention to it since this all happened, but I definitely want to get in on it soon. Cause I mean, I think it's, it's got a lot of upside. And meanwhile, um, I want to pull up the name of the guy who did this study. So his name is what the heck. Okay. So Rosenblatt securities and they did a a valuation of DraftKings and they rated them at $60 a share which is you know almost double the current price so that's a very encouraging piece of information to get yeah that's incredible really 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 incredible um i uh, also think you know given the state of things uh, eventually people are going to have to gamble it's going to be a form of healthcare uh people are going to need that to to pay their medical bills uh uh, so it's a good way to make some money. Plus, you know, we all liked uh, Uncut Gems. That movie ruled. Who watched that and didn't want to gamble, you know? Yeah. Um, Uncut Gems, it did a great job replicating the rush of having a big bet that you probably shouldn't have made. Um, I did some irresponsible things in my financial history involving the New England Patriots. Ultimately, they turned in my favor, but... There was about an hour window where I thought I lost $8,000 and my emotional chart during that hour was the same as my emotional chart during the last hour of watching Uncut Gems. So for that, I think it's an amazing movie. And just while we're here, um, the Safdie brothers who directed that film, awesome directors, they capture New York better than any filmmaker since Scorsese, possibly better if you're going to really put good time next to Harden. Uh, mean streets. So they actually directed a documentary on famous NBA draft bust, Lenny cook. 
and it's wonderful. It's all found footage. It takes place on my old street of Eldert in Brooklyn, and I know he played at the courts where the Big Walkowski's held, and it's a pretty remarkable fall for Grace. So any, I recommend checking that, that out to anyone. I think it's free on Vimeo. Uh, what's wait? Oh, the documentary. It's great. Yeah, that was a lot to follow there. It, the, my film school showed up for a second. Sorry no, about no. that. No, no, no. I got it. I'm there. I'm here for it. I appreciate you know. I appreciate it, and I'm sure uh, you know people do. What's uh? So what else do we have? What else is going on? I just want to say fuck the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, um, I saw that. You had that written down in the that, outline. What happened? Yeah, that, that's my first note in this outline. Fuck the Wall Street Journal. Any of our loyal listeners will know that I spent two weeks trying to find a hard copy of the newspaper, and I gave up. And I have a digital subscription, but they've canceled my digital subscription, even though they've taken the money from me. And I have, I've, gi- I've given them money for two months. I have no way of reading the articles. It's absolutely infuriating. What happened? How did they take this away from you? Well, it's like I paid the money, but I still can't see the see the website. Huh. That's weird. Well, if any of our listeners work for the Wall Street Journal, which they most assuredly they do. do not, I'll hook my man uh, up. Yeah. Do any of our listeners work for the Wall? Who do we think our listeners work for? Uh, no one. They're probably all unemployed. Yeah. My mom's retired. Um, Gabby's unemployed at the moment. But who knows? Do you know who owns? Do you know who owns the uh, Wall Street Journal? Um, can I guess Rupert Murdoch? <laughs> yes, you're right. Absolutely. Take it up with Rupert Murdoch, uh, his old, his old half dead ass. And that's why we have to exist. It's so hard to find good financial journalism. It affects all of us so much, but. Barron's and Wall Street Journal, they're owned by the same company. It's hard to access either of them. Medium by Marker does great work, but they're also behind a paywall. And then you can go to Yahoo Finance, which is okay, but it's very incestuous in in terms of links. So you have to navigate three, four pages just to get to a single article. It's, uh, I mean, I have still, I've never held a Wall Street Journal copy in my hands. I've never, I don't think I've ever touched one. I've, it's impossible to find. It's like they don't want us to have them. They literally don't want you to have it, and you paid for it. Everyone, everyone in this house is so grumpy today. I'm in a good mood, but everybody, they're a little cranky. But, um, okay, let's move on with the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, fuck the Wall Street Journal. There we go. That's that. I like that. That was the first thing. I was very curious when I saw that in the outline, so I'm glad we got to the bottom of it. Um We've seen a lot of failures out of Donald Trump. Do you have a favorite Donald Trump failure out of the past few weeks? I mean, it's truly a cliche thing to say, but there's too many to really enjoy. I like uh, how sad he looked walking off the plane. That was enjoyable. Um, I really enjoyed anytime he drinks water with two hands. I like that That, a lot. That's good. The ramp. Wonderful moment. (laughs) The ramp. Um, We love the ramp. Saying that Lincoln freeing the slaves was arguably a good thing. That was a, that was a classic. The Tulsa rally as a whole, it, him just getting played by K-pop stands is absolutely incredible. But he's, Wall Street's acting like he's losing the election. That is, that is clear. I'm going to jump, um, I'm going to jump ahead to the end of our outline, but, um, 
a lot of Wall Street analysts are warning their clients that there will be a Biden presidency and it will not be good for the stock market. And he's he's promising to cut back Donald Trump's signature tax cut legislation 28 percent. And, you know, from that, we're not going to be able to compete with the values we saw in the beginning of the Trump administration. So, like, if we go back to 1950, when every time the White House flips Republican to Democrat, the S&P 500 underperforms over the next quarter. So this is just a lot of concerns. He thinks he's going to lose. And um, just to do one tangent here, big banks are terrified of Elizabeth Warren becoming Treasury Secretary, which could be a fun storyline. That is like the closest um, economic reportings will get to a pro wrestling feud. What do you think? Why, why is there such a concern? I don't know much about her. Um, she's made a lot of her platform going for bank regulation. And um, there's no de- there's no regulation now. It's the Wild West. And, you know, these big financial institutions are able to arrange their their offerings in any way that might yield a profit. And, you know, it leads to stuff like the 2008 burst. It leads to the market being wildly overvalued today. Like I, I know a billionaire and I'm going to keep them anonymous, but they've told me the only person they hate is Elizabeth Warren. Interesting. So from a billionaire's mouth to your ears, to your mouth, to my ears. Amazing. I, yeah, I like, it's nice to know, you know, a billionaire. Yeah. And it's just like, yo, I have a hundred people I could introduce you to in Brooklyn who you would also hate. Don't worry <laughs> about it. We can find more people for you to hate. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so wait, so how did we get on this topic of Elizabeth Warren? I, okay, uh, so I Trump's I was, failure. I was talking about Trump's failure. I was talking about how, the wall street is skewing towards Biden and things are kind of slipping around for Trump. And, you know, the, a second round of stimulus checks, which may come with the second wave, which were always kind of denied by the Republican party are now on the table. There's been so much confusion about this because, you know, you have the, the extra $600 for unemployment ending this week or not this week, excuse me, this month, the end of this month. Um, and then uh, you've you got ne- next month, actually, you're good till July 31st. Oh, oh, right, right, right. July 31st. I, yeah, I already lost. I don't, yeah, you're absolutely right. July 31st. So that's ending. And then he came out and he said, um, that there was talks of the stimulus and he's got big plans and he's, you know, doing his regular talk and he hasn't said what it's going to be. So I don't know when it's going to hit. I don't know how much it's going to be. There's just so much talk of just money right now. It's, it's so interesting to hear. Yeah. And, um, you know, you want, I, I wanted to look at like what the past stimulus was because a study came out and, you know, $1.4 billion was paid out in stimulus to dead people. I saw that. That's it's, I mean, it is interesting because the stimulus went out long enough, long enough ago that we can, do you think we've seen the effects of that at all? Like, do you think the, it's been a long enough time since people have gotten it that we can kind of see how it affected things? Or do you think that's too, we're still too far, uh, we're still not too far out or far enough out from it? Yeah, we absolutely can. Um, thanks to Professor John Friedman. He's a professor of Brown and one of like the foremost economic theorists 
in the world, and he's been studying how the stimulus payments actually affected the economy. If anyone's interested, he's got an awesome website with like the original papers and them translated into layman's terms at opportunityinsights.org. And they argue, well, first of all, you want to know how spending has been affected by this stimulus? Absolutely. You, you tell me a category. I'll, I'll give it to you. Well, uh, well, we all, I mean, I was going to say cl- like clothing, but we know retail is, is dried up substantially, right? Yes. Retail so, is down. And buying, so electronics, instance, are people buying electronics? Yeah. So like inter- a lot of electronics would be lumped into entertainment. They're down 48%. Transportation down 49%. Even healthcare spending's down uh, 12% from January. Really, the only improvement is grocery spending has gone up 6%. So maybe it stimulated the economy, but only one sector out of eight has been able to keep up. Like we're spending much less money than we were at any point in the past few years. Right. I I think it was an article I had brought up for maybe last week's episode we didn't get to, but Kroger has he had a huge jump recently, and it fits into what you were just saying, is people are buying so much more food, and uh, grocery stores are, are way up. So that's interesting. I mean, I guess it's just because there's nothing to really do. People don't feel safe going out still. Um, so there's not a lot of people doing doing much except for staying home and playing video games and watching movies and all that stuff. So I think that's still going to go on for quite a while. Oh, it should. Yeah. And it probably will because things are picking right back up where they were in April. We've made no progress and um, it's becoming increasingly clear that we all died some point in March and we're living in a state of purgatory. Yeah, uh, it's it's so crazy the 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 timelines we've had to hit during all this quarantine stuff or the or the the, the timeline of this whole thing is just so wild because it's uh you can definitely feel there's a change but there's nothing that's happened. It's weird. It is exactly like you said it's purgatory. It definitely feels like things are changing and nothing is but nothing is different at the same time. Um I'll be curious to see how that goes. I know that I I I really was very thankful or th- I don't know if thankful is the right word. Uh, grateful for having that extra money during unemployment. I think that was great. It'll be wild to see what they do when that ends, if anything happens. Um, but the stimulus, do you think he's going to put that out before, um, like right before the election? Yeah, I think he'll give us something in hopes of getting reelected. I think, uh, I've seen a pretty big shift in Trump over the past week in which t- time, like, Biden's polling at 50% right now. Trump is polling at 39%. So he's got to give the American people something. Right. And it it is interesting because, like, the people who study this at, again, opportunityinsights.org, they're saying that you can't just give out money. You need to target who receives the money. And they're suggesting that they give it to low-income workers, and people who have had their income directly affected by COVID, which makes sense to me. Yeah, that doesn't seem... uh, that doesn't seem unreasonable. And also, I think I like the idea that they were like, they need to be more accurate with, or they need to be more selective on who they give it to. It's like, yeah, maybe select people that are alive. That would be step number one um, on making sure you're eligible. I don't know. I am... A, if you could... I'm okay if they're paper 
paper checks. If they're paper checks, they don't get cash. But if we're direct depositing it to the deceased, that's an issue for me. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. And I'm sure that happens. Uh, my mom works at a credit union. I guarantee you um, that that has happened. And I know that there have been stories of people trying to, I know this happened around the time when it came out, but there were people trying to like cash their their deceased loved one's um, stimulus checks or trying to get them out of their accounts and things like that. Uh, so there's got to be, uh, you know, I hate to sound like somebody, I don't have a solution, but there's got to be a better way. Yeah, and I, I maybe they did a good job with these stimulus checks. Maybe the 1.2 million who got the checks have just died since the checks have gone out. Look on the bright side. That is possible. These guys do a lot of great studies, though. These guys came up with the pretty, you know, sad finding that only half of us will make as much money as our parents, which is great. And they also, um, they, they are, they looked at 133 government welfare policies that are supposed to help the general populace, and they figured out what's actually effective. So they came up with this algorithm. It's called the marginal value of public funds. Pretty exciting stuff here. And it's Absolutely. like... It's and electric. It's like, and it's like how willing you are to pay for something divided by the government cost of it. And... They just kind of found out that direct investment in the health and education of low-income children has the highest yield. Along those lines, anything targeting childhood pays off pretty well. Like mo the majority of investments in low-income children's health and education end up paying for themselves. Interesting. I didn't. Re I, I. This. These are some good. This is good content. I'm glad you've been plugging them because they sound like they're doing a lot of good work over there. Yeah. And these stimulus things, like these are measures taken for adults, but the, the analysis here is that direct payment to adults has one of the worst payoffs of any investment. Like the $1,200 we got, it's not going to lead to anything. It marginally improved the stock market, but there's no long-term view of those payments. I saw something that said that it, what did it break down to 10? Uh, somebody said it broke down to so little money a day when you really look at it, I, in which people don't think of that when they see it and they see it and they see the 1200 and they, you know, their eyes get big. But when you break that down to how much that is per day, it's nothing. Yeah. And like, this is just a guide. Cause there are things that like, we'll never have good yields under this algorithm. So it's just to be taken with a grain of salt, but really you want to give people tools, not money. That's the important part here. I Yeah, I agree completely. I agree uh, completely. I'll be curious to see how the next couple of weeks go, I guess, with unemployment ending and some people going back to work. And it's just is so, so wild to, to see it all unfold. So, Yeah, but there is that paradigm. But are we going to get there or are we facing another wave of shutdowns? I... I don't know, man. I'm going back to New York July 27th. Um, and I, I don't know. Cause I keep hearing, you know, in all these places that have done reopening poorly, it's spiking, but in New York, they have some of the numbers, uh, some of the lowest numbers in the country now. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. You hear about the second wave. Is the second wave going to hit in the fall? Is it, I mean, I don't know. I have so much anxiety about it. I have no idea. Yeah, and like, is there a second wave or did the first wave not end? Like, what we've seen here, I've never lived in a red state before. This is my longest time here. 
And living in Arizona temporarily, I have to really quell a deep sense of disgust at how a public health issue has been turned into a political one. I'm, I mean, I'm in Indiana with you, so I see it. I, I, I totally see it. I grew up in a red state. This, none of this surprises me. Um, the day, a couple days, the day after they did the stuff with the Confederate flag in NASCAR, the day after I was driving through town, going to get some food, and there was a truck, a pickup truck with a Confederate flag, huge Confederate flag in the back like truck bed flapping in the wind. And then on the other side was a flag that just had the middle finger. It was insane. Um, and uh, that stuff doesn't surprise me cause I grew up with that stuff. So it's interesting to hear you say that, uh, spending that much time in a red state, you really get to see, it really opens your eyes to the fuckery, the, the politicizing and all that bullshit that's been going on. It's so fucking insane. Yeah. And you never see the other side of the coin. You never see like an ATV with a coexist flag. <laughs> Honestly, would love to see it. Let's see these bleeding heart libs getting on their quads, having a good time. Trying to you know, look like a painting in a Wes Anderson movie ass. That's, you know, honestly, there's not enough liberals out there. Get in your trucks, go mudding, you know, get in your trucks, just like roll coal, roll clean energy. Don't roll coal, but roll clean energy. You know, you really got to, it's a lifestyle that's made for uh, the red states, honestly. Yeah. And like here, I'm, I, I'm, I'm in Sedona and Sedona is a tourist destination. So every, every day people from all over the Southwest who've collectively made the decision, I'm not going to alter my plans because of a pandemic affecting my state. They travel here. So we're an incubator from outsiders bringing it to the area. So I could not think of a worse place to be. And you're just seeing it throughout the country. Yeah, it is. Um, the, 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 I don't know, man, I am supposed to be going back to work in a couple of, um, like a couple weeks. I have some stuff I have to take care of here in, in Indy before I can go, but then I'm going back to work. I'm going back to not do tours, but I'm going back into the building to be in the building. And, and I don't know what that's going to be like. And it just seems so crazy to me that that's even the thing I'm going to do. But, uh, if I want to keep my job, I have to go back. So. Yeah. And it's the same thing as like, what it is where I'm at right now. You're going to be dealing with the people who are just not taking this seriously and deciding to travel. Right. And not, and the people that are deciding to travel are not going to want to be wearing masks. Uh, it's, it's just like the, the kind of people that are willing to travel are, you know, nine times out of 10, at least in my mind, are not going to be the ones that are be concerned with masks. I have family members that are in Florida right now and I guarantee you they're not wearing masks. I guarantee, I mean, if you're going to go somewhere, you're going to, you know, if you're willing to go somewhere, you're willing to go there without a mask on. Yeah. And like I went around the, I go around and I count the people wearing masks and nobody has them. Nobody cares. So we're going to be in this forever. Which yeah. It's fine. That's why you go to grad school online. Yeah. That's why they invented it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's really wild. It blows me the most because it's like, you see all the people that work at places are wearing them. So shouldn't that give you a tip to like, I, you know, you, I go into so many places where it's like everyone that works there and then me that are wearing masks. And I look like I work there cause I got a mask on. It's like, shouldn't that tell you something that it's just so insane. Yeah. And like, we've already tried so many measures to delay a depression, like, the federal government printing money is no longer an effective option. Money's so cheap. Any more actions will probably just spur off a run of inflation kicking in. 
I mean, the interest rate and all that shit is so, it's just, remember a couple months ago when we were like, they're lowering it. We think that we lowered it too early. I mean, look at that. And then talking about inflation, I'm worried about coming back to New York and like, you know, what's going to happen when you look at the New York City subway and the amount of money they've lost because of all this, are they going to jack fares up? They've been raising fares every year already. I mean, how much of a jump is it going to be when they raise fares next time? Well, you you can borrow my bicycle when you get back. That let's just leave it at that. Oh, that's I mean that's huge. I love that. Yeah, I got a night my Peugeot. I got my helmet. It's a nice ride. Oh man! All right, you just you just turned me around on the whole thing. I was so concerned. I mean, there's just so much stuff to consider going back. So, but either way, I feel like we've we've gone on about the the virus for too long. What's uh we don't want to bum out everybody out. Anyone yeah, where you are. Like, you know, if you have any cruise lines or air airlines sell them. Keep watching VIX. If VIX goes down to around $25, I would suggest a rather large investment. Um, I still, uh, volatility is still, that's still like, um, we got to see if we can have him on. Uh, he, Noah Garden Swartz, man, he rules and he's the one that taught us uh, about, he taught me about volatility and the VIX and all that. And we should, we should see if we can have him back on because he, he, he rules. He's the man, but he shouts to him. He's a great guy. He's a lot like me, except he's better at everything I care about. (laughs) He just had a kid named it Moses. And I do have an ethical concern about that. Uh, Maybe. So we, we play against each other in the same Sunday men's basketball game. And Noah, he lives rent free in my head. I'm not going to lie. Uh, he's a great shooter. He's a little bigger than me and he's such a more skilled player. I can hold my own if I'm like really using my athleticism, but he generally wins those matchups. And the thing is every time I sign into basketball, I know I'm not a great player. I'm a great rebounder though. So I sign in as Moses. So now that he's named his kid Moses, do I have to stop signing in? as Moses. I mean, does he know that you sign in as that way? No, I don't acknowledge it to anyone, but it's a tribute to late great Moses Malone. And, uh, yeah, I just kind of quietly do it. But now if I'm signing as a, as Moses, aren't I admitting that Noah's my daddy on the court? I mean, when you put it that way, <laughs> it's a little tough. I, uh, I say, don't let him take it from you. But also when you put it that way, it's, it's, I can see it. I don't and know. It's, a, it's the same shit. Cause like day of the big Wolkowski, I put a Moses Malone trading card in my sock, had it the whole day. So the Moses thing means a lot to me, but not as much as naming your kid Moses. Yeah. I mean, his is not, here's the thing though. He, his son is not named Moses probably because of Moses Malone. Uh, I think it's because I, he's, it might be, I we don't, don't know with no, uh, no, it's a good hoops head. I mean, I'm not going to deny that. Maybe it's like a, it's one for one. Maybe it's like both reasons, but I don't know if that's the reason. Uh, who knows? <laughs> Maybe you can sign it as Moses. If you beat him bad enough, you make him change his kid's name. I mean, if it were ever going to happen, now is the time. He's a new father. I've been working on basketball every day for three months. Like, this is the one time I can get him out of my head. And then I, we can both enjoy the name Moses. Absolutely. You can make him change his kid's name to Larry Bird. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, so what else do we have? Is this, uh, do you want to talk about some of the recent more bankruptcies that have been going on? Yeah, let's talk about the bankruptcies, baby. 
I like that. I was like, let's talk, let's stop talking about COVID. It's going to bum people out. Now I'm like, let's move on to the bankruptcies. Um, well, you know, talk, you're a muscular guy. You're big, you know, you like your protein GNC. Um, GNC's no more. Well, GNC filed for bankruptcy. Uh, they're closing uh, nearly uh, 1,400 stores. Uh, but of course, like they do, they're going to uh, give the CEO a big buff parachute. They filed for bankruptcy, but the CEO gets $2 million uh, bonus. So there you have that. Yeah, but he needs a big parachute. There's a lot of muscle density flying through the air there. You yeah. want to counteract it. <laughs> That's true. Absolutely. Hey, uh, you know, if Arnold Schwarzenegger can parachute in all those movies, I'm sure the CEO is, is fine. Um, yeah, this uh, I, I used to go to GNC. And, and, and really, you know. they're, they're not closing 20% of their stores. They're cutting. Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They're just trying to make weight, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, they're drinking lots of water. They're going to the sauna. They're furloughing some employees and giving their CEO to $2 million. Well, so listen to this though. Um, they're closing a bunch of the stores and its stock price dropped to 54 cents on Wednesday following the news, a long, hard fall. What do you think the, uh, the, 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 the high was for, uh, high. Wow. So it went from $40 at the high to 54 cents. Um, it's, it's wild. I'm a little surprised. I don't know. I I don't, do you think people aren't buying vitamins from them? Do you think they're not buying their stuff? I mean, it's, it's interesting because fitness is such a big thing. Yeah. But if people can't go to their gyms, why do they need their supplements? You know, like, if you, if you need those to recover, if you need creatine to retain water, like if you're not working out, you don't need the supplements anymore. But I don't think, I mean, I do think people have stopped going to the gyms, but I don't think people have stopped working out. If you're, if you're working out enough to go to GNC to buy your stuff, I don't think you stopped working out during the, during COVID. I could be wrong, but uh, I'm, I'm surprised by that a little bit just because like I said, fitness is such a thing. I wonder if it's because the the recent kind of popularity of yoga and things like that. I don't know if people that necessarily go to yoga would be going to GNC as well. It doesn't seem like those, there's a lot of crossover there, but maybe I'm ignorant. I don't know. I think fitness is a big pyramid with many layers. So I think you should go to both. There's no reason you shouldn't have protein shakes and flexibility training. You know, that's what I've discovered during quarantine. And I'm happy to announce I will never visit a gym again. Um, I, Oh, wow. That's a huge, uh, I mean, I canceled my gym membership because of uh, all this. Yeah, so. we, we know. Yeah. 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 Matt also discovered you, <laughs> Matt's going to sue his gym over $50. I'm not going to sue anybody over anything. I'm just not going to go back. Nobody's getting sued, but I'm not coming back. Um, yeah, I just thought, so I thought that was interesting. So, but uh, who knows, you know, maybe it's going to be like Hertz where Hertz jumped a shitload because of bankruptcy. So maybe you buy in at 54 cents, it jumps up to two thirty-five for some reason, and then you dump it out. You know, who knows? I don't um, know. You're absolutely right. Because that, that jump has already happened. Did it really? What's it at right now? Uh, GNC stock right now is 66 cents. So it's on it, its way up. There you go, baby. See, all right. Just cause bankruptcy is not always a bad thing. Um, Unless you are Charles Eugene Cheese, uh, a.k.a. Peter Piper Pizza, a.k.a. Chucky the Cheese Man Taylor. Um, Chucky Cheese, Chapter 11 Bankruptcy. Yeah, where were, where will kids go and shit themselves in a ball pit now? Exactly. Nothing replaces it. 
And, you know, this is actually a good sign. Um, if you are industrious, what you need to do is follow this bankruptcy hearing. And then if they really hit insolvency, like a, a bad chapter 11, they will have to sell off the assets. Guys, you buy a dive bar, you put the Chuck E. Cheese animatronic band in there. You host karaoke in a hipster ass neighborhood. You are printing cash. Oh my God, Joe, you're absolutely right. We have to open up a Chuck E. Cheese themed bar <laughs> in yeah, Brooklyn, we, in Bushwick. That would be huge. If we could get the animatronic Chuck E. Cheese band at a Brooklyn bar, we would be billionaires. That's the best thing we can do. God, oh, we got to get this on Shark Tank. Mark Cuban needs to hear about this. Yeah, you got to get the upfront costs. I wonder if you can buy a Chuck E. Cheese, Chuck e. Cheese animatronic Chuck e. band. Chuck e. I like Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> I like that better. Uh, uh, I've been asking these women out here, Chuck E. Cheese, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, do you want to go over to my mom's house? <laughs> Come on over, baby. You can Chuck E. Cheese. Um, I can't stop. I can't stop. Okay. Okay, so they range from... Around nine hundred to seven thousand dollars. What does the the animatronic? The, the animatronics, yeah. So Chuck E. Cheese actually started putting the animatronics on sale in 2018 because they said kids don't aren't interested in them anymore. So, oh wow! Yeah, you've been able to get some pretty good ones for seventy five hundred dollars. Um. But yeah, the really good ones, you know, you want to shop around. Craigslist is the way to go, but really be watching those closely. That's interesting as hell. Yeah, open up a so we're gonna open up a Brooklyn uh, Brooklyn Chuck E. Cheese themed restaurant. We're gonna get the the characters, maybe get some games. Uh, Chuck E. Cheese has like you can go to Dive and Buster's for games, but Chuck E. Cheese, I bet the games there are. I mean, I wonder what they're like. You know what I mean? I can't even imagine. They've got to have some old shit, and not like old shit like Galaga, like stuff we had as a kid still come on that's gonna be great yeah i'm trying to find them and i'm finding a lot of very disturbing Chuck E. cheese mascot comforters like so you can get some pretty disturbing stuff if we get that next round of stimulus <laughs> well we were talking about spending money on entertainment uh what's more entertaining than these uh terrible blankets and terrible um terrible anima animatronic uh freaks yeah, there, there's none for sale right now, but you could maybe build one like because you can get like the, the Valve Bank to control them for two hundred dollars. So you'd need to partner with an engineer to do it at a nice price point. Well, as of as of Wednesday, two hundred and sixty six uh, company run locations have reopened. So there's a Chuck E. Cheese. Chances are there's a Chuck E. Cheese near you that's open that you can run by and check out. Do some research. Go there. Go for their uh, go for the pizza buffet at Chuck E. Cheese. That's uh, the days are numbered on those. So fuck buffets. So get it while you can. Is there Actually, good pizza at Chuck E. Cheese? I, I genuinely don't know. I mean, I haven't had it in so long. I mean, when you're a kid, um, it's great. As I, I look back on it, I'm like, it's great. But I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's terrible. Um, do you remember a couple episodes back where we did a story on um, there was a they were selling Chuck E. Cheese on Grubhub under a different name to increase profits? Do you remember that? Yes. 
Yeah, I do remember that. It was like Pasquale's. That was who's like the bass player the, in the band. They, <laughs> they, they just sold it. Uh, so yeah, apparently that didn't work out. Pasquale's is going out of business. So if you ordered from Pasquale's on Grubhub or whatever it was called, you are in trouble. Yeah, um, if you're if you order at Pasquale's, I've got some bad news for you. Yeah, when people uh, when people would ask me where is the best slice in New York City, I would always send them to Chuck E. Cheese. Um, they've, uh, they've got, they're great. So, but, um, so we talked about this, um, Hertz, we all that we mentioned this already Hertz is, um, their stock shot up a bunch and then is cratering and it's just all over the place. Um, so because of Hertz filing for bankruptcy, there's still another car rental, uh, place. Do you know about Avis? I, I don't know anything about what's going on with Avis as a company. I know they are a company. That's about it. Well, their stock is going up slowly. Um, I think it's it's climbed up. I had an article. I cannot find it now. Um, but Avis might be a stock. This is kind of my pick of the episode, at least the stock pick of the episode. Um, Avis is worth your attention because I think it's been going up slowly, especially since the Hertz bankruptcy. Um, I think that they have managed to, uh, I don't know, that helped them a lot. Yeah, that could very well work out. I like the analysis there. And uh, what what can people get in at right now? Well, so shares of Avis are up 45% since they filed their bankruptcy. Um, and, and Hertz stock is down, I think, about 50% from what it has been the last couple of times. So I don't know what uh, Ava, uh, Avis is right now. But I will say this. Uh, let me look it up. But I'll say this. They have the best stock ticker name. Avis on the stock ticker is C-A-R. Oh. Can you believe that? Yeah. Avis gets car. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's kind of like the index fund for gambling is bet. I mean, if you're if your stock ticker's car, you're you've already done some things right. Absolutely. I mean, that's a better that's crazy. Of all the companies and all the stock that's like trying to name a, a website. All the good websites are gone. Not really, but you know, you got to try really hard. Uh so the fact that they got car is good. Um I think that um People are going to be going on. It's interesting because I think Avis is going to be able to hold on, and therefore they're going to get all the business that Hertz would have gotten. People are still going to go on road trips. I think people are going to maybe road trip more because they can't fly. Uh, I think people are going to be renting a lot more cars because of that. You know, you don't want to put all those miles on your own car. You rent a car. Uh, Avis is really one of your only options now. I mean, there's Enterprise. I don't know anything about Enterprise, but Avis seems like a good play. So that is my pick for this episode. And it's a good pick. Hopefully they, like Hertz, have a problematic spokesperson in their background, but I will look around for that. Hopefully I can find an ad with them where Casey Anthony was an extra or something. But that's the only thing that's holding me back. I um I, yeah I mean I'm gonna do some more research. Uh, I just kind of saw a couple things that I liked and it that jumped out to me that made me pick them. So I'm gonna do some more research next week. I'll probably I have a feeling that Avis is gonna be a, a company I'm gonna want to talk about for a, a little bit. So I'll probably have more on Avis next week. But uh, it's worth looking into. I like I said once I saw they had the stock ticker uh, car, I was come on. I mean come on, who's not gonna like that? So that's it for for me though. Um, did you have anything else? We've been going for a while, right? Yeah, we've been going for a while. I think that's it for today. You got anything to plug? I got nothing. Um, I am. I feel like there was something coming up that I wanted to plug. Like I had a show. Uh, yeah, if you're going to be in Indiana, um, July 5th, I'm going to be on a show at uh, Black Circle Brewing um, 
in Indianapolis, downtown Indy. So if you're in Indianapolis or in Indiana uh, and you want to come, I'm, they're doing all the social distance stuff. They're going to be checking temperatures at the door. Uh, don't come if you're not going to wear a mask. Um, yeah, it'll be cool. It should be, it'll be good. So Black Circle Brewing, uh, July 5th. Um, I can't remember what time the show is, but look, look at the website. So that's all I, I want to plug. Let's go to come who to the show. Who else is on? Connor Delahanty is on it actually. Um, oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Delahant man. Yeah, so he's on it. Uh, Alex Price is is on it. I don't know who else is on it, but it's gonna be great. It'll be the first time I've done stand up um, since all this, so I'm excited to get back on stage. Um, so yeah, come to that if you can. July 5th. I know it'll be it's you know day after Fourth of July, but don't get too crazy. Um, I feel like we should uh, have a good time though if you come. So that's all you have to plug really. Follow me on Instagram and and all that good stuff. That's right. Follow Matt on Instagram. I'm the Walkowski on Twitter. Joel Walkowski on Instagram. I'm on a hiatus doing some studying, but I'll be back with shit in mid-July that will be pretty cool. Yeah, great. Great. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Follow us on Hold My Bread uh, on Instagram, holdmybread at gmail.com. Or home, email us at holdmybread on gmail.com. Um, you guys are great. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thank you. Good night. Good night.